The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guests this hour are Nicholas Stuller and Gary Lieberman, who are both co-founders of AdviceIQ.com. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, let's just start off with a little bit of both of your backgrounds and how you founded Advice IQ. Let's start with you, Nick. Give us a little bit of your, your background first. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, I started my career uh, as an advisor with, uh, with a firm that is now known as uh, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney back in the 1980s. And I have been working with advisors uh, through a couple different companies all throughout that uh, time. So close to 25 years, I have been uh, working with financial advisors. And prior to co-founding Advice IQ with Gary, uh, I was the co-founder and CEO of a leading database company that tracked financial advisors. And, and prior to that, I was a senior executive with one of the leading compliance consulting firms called National Regulatory Services. So I have a fairly uh, uh, unique understanding of advisors from both being one to supporting them and tracking them to understanding uh, some of the laws and the rules that, that govern them. And during my 25-year uh, career, I kind of noticed that consistently there has been a disconnect between investors and advisors from the basics of understanding advisors and what they do and how they work and, most importantly, uh, the benefit that advisors, you know, licensed professional regulated advisors give in investors. And really the folks that, lose, that really lose out because of this disconnect uh, is really the consumer. So that, that really was a motivating factor. And from a, from a personal um, uh, perspective, uh, one of the drivers to help create Advice IQ was a personal experience. My father passed away when he was 45 years old. Uh, my mother was a young widow. There was four of us uh, in the family. My uh, parents got very good advice as young parents to be uh, insured, and so uh, they spent a fair amount of their discretionary income back in the, uh, in the 50s and 60s on getting insurance, and unfortunately he passed away at a young age. And that was a really great example of good advice. Unfortunately, my mother is a widow uh, in the New York area back then. Uh, didn't even know there were advisors that catered uh, to widows. So when she got the lump sum uh, 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 settlement from uh, my father's passing, there really wasn't anyone that uh, she could reach out to to help her manage that lump sum settlement. So that, that experience resonated with me later in life and in working with advisors and databases the, uh, the idea to have a, a, a directory that is trusted that can connect uh, investors to local advisors really um, uh, that idea was born uh, uh, partially uh, prior to meeting Gary. So that's a brief overview on, on my background. Okay. How about you, Gary? Tell us your background. Yeah. So my background a little different. Uh, I come from technology investing. 
Uh, I managed J.P. Morgan's technology fund for 13 years, and during that time I oversaw about $3 billion in technology investments for our group. And I think the main relevance of my technology investing background was it was really as a technology investor that the idea of Advice IQ got started. I, As an investor, you know, you always look for um, opportunities or trends that you notice in the market. And for me, I had spent several years noticing what I sort of summarized in two you know, general points. The first thing I noticed was there's a very big population of advisors. And when you add up all the professional insurance advisors and traditional brokers and other types of fee-only advisors, you get a, a population of about 2 million professionals. And as a group, they don't really have any efficient means of, of getting their brand out or their specialties in front of consumers. And, you know, it's true for them and vice versa. The consumers and the investors in the public, they don't really have a natural way to find an advisor. They don't have a, a fun part of their daily routine way that would get them in contact with competent local advisors. So the first point was just huge population of professionals that cannot easily connect with a, a huge population of investors. And the, I'd say the second point that got me very inspired to uh, found this company was I think society at large is way under-advised. And when you look at the world and you look at all the different strategies there's huge complexity when you look at insurance and asset diversification and tax strategies. There's really no way that any individual can do a good job at their personal planning without a pro. And I looked at myself, again, going back to my background, here I was a professional institutional investor, but I'd be the first one to admit to anyone I didn't have the breadth of knowledge to really do a competent job at managing my personal and my family planning. So it was really those two points that got me excited about the opportunity. And I reached out to Nick, who had a strong background and track record in the advisor space in terms of data and content, and uh, reached out to him uh, and found, you know, a, a real partner who shared my vision for the opportunity. And we, we co-founded the company together in uh, the spring of 2010 that we started the company. Has this kind of thing been done before to put advisors together with consumers? Um, yeah, there, there's actually uh, quite a number of products out there that, and I had one in my last company that uh, that I was CEO of, so there's probably 20 firms out there that have attempted to uh, uh, connect investors to advisors. So there, there certainly have been attempts out there, and our firms out there today uh, are trying to do this. So, so what, if there are 20 firms out there doing it, why did you need to start with what is different about Advice IQ compared to the other people doing it? There's a couple of very significant differences between Advice IQ and the other uh, firms that are trying to do this. Uh, number one, what we do is we're very selective about the advisors that can get into Advice IQ because, again, we're very concerned to, uh, to protect the consumer from uh, getting the wrong uh, advisor. So we do a significant amount of due diligence on the advisors. And you, uh, in fact, can only have a pristine regulatory compliance record uh, as a licensed financial advisor. And first, you need to be licensed. So we check to make sure, indeed, you are licensed. And then once we validate that, we do a significant amount of due diligence from the regulatory compliance perspective. And then uh, once you pass, you're admitted into Advice IQ. That's one big difference. The, the second big difference is investors really do not search the web to find an advisor. It's all by referral. 
however, when they um, read about an advisor, they hear about an advisor, they do check them, and so it's really a local referral uh, way of working. So what we decided to do is syndicate the Advice IQ content to a wide variety of sites. So we're going where consumers spend time today. Again, because investors don't know that much about advisors, often they don't even know what to search for. In fact, they don't. So we have uh, partnerships with many media companies around the country. So uh, and a consumer will see uh, an advisor that maybe they've heard about. And then they see them in our in uh, our content that's embedded in another uh, a website, and they'll say, oh, "That's interesting. I think I've heard of Fred. He's in, I think I've heard of him. He's in my town. There's a lot of profile information." So that's a different way of uh, of uh, introducing the investor to the advisor. And then the uh, other uh, aspect that's very different is we have an entire editorial team headed by a former Wall Street Journal senior editor, Larry Light. He's also a senior editor uh, at Forbes and at Business Week. And Larry and his team writes content all throughout the day. And this connected with the advisor profiles we have are, are the, uh, the content that's syndicated out to other sites. So we educate the consumer all throughout the day on a wide variety of topics and so we editorialize what it means to hire an advisor, what advisors are saying about the economy, about Greece, about the election, about a wide variety of topics. And all throughout the day, we're um, showing them very interesting articles that have been edited by Larry and his team, but also any of the advisors appearing in these articles have been vetted by us. So it's a very different business model than, than other products. So, Nick, what actually is the business model? Do you charge the advisors to get in, or you charge consumers, or how does it work for you financially? Yeah, we never charge the the advisor. Again, we really want to help the advisor embrace. Uh, I'm sorry, help the investor embrace advisors and learn more about advisors. So the the consumers, the investors never get, never get charged. We charge an enterprise license uh, fee per advisor to. Uh, the advisory firm that the, the person works for. So it could be uh, an RIA custodian, it could be a broker-dealer, an insurance carrier. <clears throat> so we charge whether the firm puts 50 or 500 advisors on the site, there's a license fee and it's $1,000 per advisor per year, and then there's discounts for, for large volume uh, engagements. So how many advisors do you have on the site right now? 2,000 have passed the, the due diligence, and in about 80 different cities around the country, investors will see advisors ranked or, or listed, and that grows daily. We just started publishing the content and the advisor profiles back in January of this year, so we're just entering our sixth full month of publishing. So every week we add another city uh, showing in the, um, in the syndication network. So what has been the experience so far as far as actual consumers finding actual advisors and what kind of experiences have they had? Well, the Advice IQ is really meant to be a method for an investor to comfortably and without pressure uh, investigate and learn about advisors. So we have refrained from asking the advisor to, I mean the investor rather, to fill out a form or internet information because so many other sites have tried that and our research shows that most investors really don't like the intrusive, you know, fill out this form and get this, you know, content. So really for the investor, 
it is editorial and rankings or listings of advisors. And for the advisor, it is really a way to get their brand out to their local community. So it really falls under the category for the advisor as, as public relations. So we actually tell the advisor, don't expect a phone call, don't expect an email. But when you sign up with Advice IQ overnight, thousands of uh, investors close to you will now be seeing your name virtually every day. Because one thing I, I didn't mention when you asked why we're different, we use geo-targeted technology. So when an investor is on either our site or one of our partner sites, like Motley Fool or the online investor, or there's a number of them, they uh, if they're in Sarasota, Florida, they're going to see advisors within 50 miles of their home. If you're in Tacoma, Washington, you're going to see advisors uh, ranked and listed within 50 miles of your home. So it is really a local public relations or digital branding platform for the advisor. At the same time, it's a, a, a very nice, soft way of the investor to read about local advisors and read articles that even be authored by advisors in, in their neighborhood. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guests this hour are Nicholas Stuller and Gary Lieberman, who are both co-founders of Advice IQ, which is a website helping advisors and consumers uh, meet each other so they can get advice they need and uh, they can get business for the uh, investment advisors as well. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and is the co-founder of BR Public Relations, who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to The Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guests this hour are Nicholas Steller and Gary Lieberman, both co-founders of Advice IQ, 
Uh, the website is AdviceIQ.com, helping advisors and consumers uh, get together. Welcome back to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, uh, you did a white paper called uh, Financial Advisor Trust in Comparison to Other Regulated Professions. Give me an overview of what you found as far as the, the need for advice um, and why a, a lot of individual investors don't have advisors and they don't trust them. Kind of give me a, a summary of what you found in that uh, white paper. Sure. Well, like everybody in America, we read all the news and all the negative news about Wall Street in general. And, you know, being in the space, we, we realize from the inside out that the a lot of the negativity, or most of it, doesn't really apply to the financial advisor, the licensed professional that's in your hometown that takes care of all different kinds of, of clients. So we've been frustrated by uh, the, the, some of these myths and some of, of the misperceptions of uh, retail financial advisors. So we wanted to do something about it, and, and we decided we, we wanted to do some research to see if we could compare uh, trust levels of various licensed and regulated professionals. And as a proxy of trust, we used the official formal complaint records on file with various complementary regulated professionals. So we chose law, medicine, and as, the, as two industries to compare to the financial advisor world. And as a backdrop, you, tr- you know, comparing trust is difficult. However, we, using the, these three industries to compare against each other and taking the formal, totally transparent, findable data points of the official complaint rates on file with three industries that have absolutely no relation to each other, we, we came out with some very interesting findings. So first of all, we have created our own database, which comes from all the regulators in the U.S. It's over, uh, it's well over 100 regulators, encompassing the insurance professionals, the SEC, FINRA, which is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority governing broker uh, uh, reps, and also the state investment advisor representatives. We put all that uh, history of complaints into one database. Okay. I don't know if we uh, if Nick dropped off there, but yeah, um, I think I, I think he did. You, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What, what what we did is we took all this database, just comparing those three sectors. So we said how many doctors get complaints against them annually and over the life of their career, and did it with um, attorneys and advisors. And even to our own surprise, the numbers were very very much in favor of advisors, meaning about seven percent of all advisors, when you add the different types. Um, have over their history of their career um, filed infractions versus about a 5% annual rate with um, physicians and about an 8% annual rate with um, attorneys. So the numbers actually were very favorable. Actually, I, I just got that mixed up. It was 5% have was a, the best number. Have a com- I'm sorry? Nope. Uh, 7% have complaints. However, that's across the entire history since they've been tracking uh, complaints. So it's less than 1% a year advisors receive formal complaints. So we, we, we looked at this data and we were very, it was fascinating and we decided we wanted, we wanted to publish this white paper and so that's what, uh, what we came out with this. And so it's, it's uh, the, we find it very interesting and we find that, you know, the story is, look, you know, the average advisor should be at least as trusted as your, your doctor or your attorney. 
So that may be the facts. What is the perception of advisors by consumers? It's, it's very different. I mean, um, the and, and there's a lot. And to be candid, there are lots of conflicting uh, reports. Now there are some white papers done, and we've quoted some of them in our white paper uh, that are uh, serving advisor uh, investors that have advisors, and they say that the trust level is very high. But then there's other surveys that have been done for years that say it, it's it's uh, very different. So uh, our our feeling is that the trust level um, by consumers of advisors is is much lower than it needs to be. Uh, to, to uh, make an unscientific statement, I think most folks in, in the country agree when we show them this white paper that they're very surprised by the results of our white paper, and their feeling is, yeah, that we, we everyone would assume that investors are much less trusting of their advisor than they are of their attorney or, or their doctor. So, and it's also a sign of the times. If you look at, for example, one of the industry financial uh, regulators who looked at FINRA. They have a history of showing complaint rate uh, rates over the course of, I think it's five or six years. So when there are really bad markets, the complaints go up. Uh, and, and some of these complaints are not really fair. The market went down, my stocks went down. Natural, but that's not really the fault of your advisor. So so those things do ebb and flow. So, um, so we think uh, right now that the con- consensus by most consumers is they're not as trusting of their advisor uh, as, as really reality should, should uh, make them trust their advisor. Has there been a widespread impact of some of the high-profile uh, frauds and Ponzi schemes? I mean, Madoff being a big name, of course, and Alan Stanford, and you've had some very, very big people, uh, Madoff particularly, who brought down you know, not only individuals but charitable organizations of all kinds in such a high-profile way. Uh, you see this American Greed uh, program on CNBC all the time about people getting ripped off, and you just hear about one Ponzi scheme after another. Has there been a cumulative effect of all this that makes people less distrustful than even in the past? I, I think without question, I'll let uh, Gary jump in because uh, he's seen, he's had perspectives from the institutional world, but I think without question, and there seems to be a new one coming up every week. However, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the media only focuses on that, doesn't focus on the numbers of advisors, but without question that that really uh, these, these Ponzi schemes that keep popping up make make an impact, a negative impact on all advisors. And, and actually, and again, the, the folks that are really losing are not the advisors, it's the consumers because they're gun-shy because they think everyone's. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cosmo, which is another one that uh, called the Mini Madoff in Long Island, who stole four hundred million dollars of middle-income uh, uh, investors' money. He wasn't even registered, and he had significant disciplinary history in his background. So, I think without question, it's, it's made an impact and made it harder for in, investors to trust. Yeah, I would just add, uh, Jordan, that, you know, I, I think you and your listeners and everyone who reads the media is aware the stories that capture the headlines are obviously the, the extreme stories. <clears throat> you know, you're not going to have a, a front page article saying, hey, advisor over the course of 25 years guides a couple to send all their kids to graduate school and live happily ever after. It's just not newsworthy. Whereas, you know, a Madoff, a Cosmo, a Stanford, these are obviously very newsworthy events which skews everyone's view as a whole. And 
you know, you asked earlier what makes us different. One of the differences that we set out to do was to actually be a media and content publication company. And the reason uh, AdviceIQ.com is just rich with content stories is we're saying every day with uh, several articles appearing daily, we're going to use our own site and our partner media sites to be the bully pulpit to tell the world, hey, for everyone made off out there, there's hundreds and hundreds of advisors that actually help, you know, everyday people. Uh, they're not not just not taking their money and stealing their money. They're actually, you know, doing a public good for them and for everyone. So that's really our whole vision is get content stories that are real, they're passionate, and they show you how a real advisor who's been vetted through our system, and, and Nick uh, can talk about our vetting system in a minute, uh, how they can actually help you, and they are trustworthy. What has changed since Madoff and the scandal came out? And here are very sophisticated institutional investors, the feeder funds, uh, very rich people, you know, Steven Spielberg. I mean, all these very famous, smart people uh, investing literally billions of dollars with him. And then it was all a, a fraud in the end. What has changed since that came out as far as protections uh, for individual investors and, you know, what, what has been the impact of all that and the whole relationship between advisors and investors? Well, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll jump in with a couple of quick takeaways. I think that, number one, every investor thought twice the day after it happened. And, and in fact, to this day, in the back of their mind, they're thinking about their advisor. Is my advisor good or bad? Are they doing something that they shouldn't be doing? So overnight, a lot of doubt because, you know, Madoff actually was running another brokerage firm, a market-making firm that, uh, that that was a legitimate operation. And so it was quite a shock. And I've been in the industry since the mid-'80s. And so it was shocking to everyone. So so uh, overnight, investors were thinking, oh, my Lord, is, you know, is my advisor, regardless of the firm they're at, are they good or bad? So uh, after that shock wore off, the industry started to do some some very good work about preparing uh, investors to say, look, you know, call up the 800 phone number, call information to get the name of your brokerage firm, then call the 800 number and check and make sure your money is there. Some really common sense things to do that no one ever would have thought of doing with Madoff. So we've seen, you know, people you know, rally around some common sense ways for an investor to protect themselves in, in, to avoid that specific type of, of fraud where it was a, a sheer invention and he was custodying his own advisor's money, which is a major red flag from, for the regulators and uh, should be a red, red flag in, in, in for good old-fashioned common sense. So we saw a lot of folks in, in the industry helping the consumers to say, look, you know, do some common sense things and make sure the money's there, make sure it's in what you think it's in, and, and going from there. So uh, that was just, that's one of the things I've seen uh, from, from a reaction. So and how about the regulatory level? Are, are there things like the custodying of accounts that are different now than before made up? I mean, coming from the institutional market beforehand, I would argue nothing has structurally changed from what I've seen, and that was another part of our vision was do a background check for every advisor that enters Advice IQ just to make sure that indeed they are regulated and they're in good standing with their primary regulator as well as other regulators they might have worked with in the past because a few of the 
if you want to call it successful Ponzi schemes, have been perpetrated simply because an advisor said, I was regulated by FINRA, one of the regulatory bodies, and they kicked me out. Um, I'll join tomorrow under the SEC. And it seems when you hear about that, you, you know, you, a person in the public says, oh, that can't be. Well, look, we have the stories. It has happened, not, not once, not twice. It's happened again and again. So our vision is the best way to protect the consumer is for us with using our, our um, affinity towards uh, diligence and data and uh, regulatory rulings, we can do a background check that most consumers really just could never do on their own. Uh, no guarantees that there's not a crook in our system, but we have done all the due diligence that someone should have done. And we've already stopped um, many advisors from getting into our system that you know, most people would argue are not really fit to be uh, called upon as a trust, trustworthy advisor. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guests this hour are Nicholas Steller and Gary Lieberman. Uh, they are both co-founders of AdviceIQ.com, which is a website putting advisors, financial advisors together with investors and consumers. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guests this hour are Nicholas Steller and Gary Lieberman. Uh, they are both co-founders 
of Advice IQ, which is a website, AdviceIQ.com, to help advisors be put together with consumers. Welcome back to the show, both of you. Thanks, Jordan. Describe what you call the regulatory compliance review, and what do you actually put people through other than just looking up to see if they have complaints against them to see that they uh, are appropriate and will get into your database? Sure. So what we do is um, we every time an advisor or their firm, uh, we, we work with enterprise firm, firms, and they'll say, okay, here's a roster of our 200 advisors. We'd like to have them enter your system. And the first thing we do is we say, uh, send us the roster. And I'll just take one example. If it's a traditional broker-dealer, which means they're regulated by this uh, uh, regulatory body known as FINRA, we'll say, let's just check if indeed all these all these brokers are registered with FINRA. You might say, well, obviously they are. Um, turns out, not always the case. And a lot of times we'll literally have to call back the compliance department of a firm and say, hey, by the way, out of your roster of 200 people, uh, Mr. or Mrs. 134 is not even registered. And we don't report that to the outside world. We're not in that business. But we do want to verify that before any advisor appears on AdviceIQ.com, uh, they have been vetted. So the first thing we do is say, if you're a FINRA um, broker, are you indeed registered with FINRA? Uh, the next thing we do is we say, let's look at your regulatory history. Now, if you have an infraction, that doesn't mean uh, per se that you're a, an evil person, and it might not have been even something uh, that egregious. But our feeling is, for our purpose, and because most of the population is indeed pristine and clean from a regulatory compliance history, We'd only, we only want to publish our listing of our subscribing advisors for those that are completely, completely pristine, meaning they have no infraction whatsoever. And then, so we go through their, um, their primary regulator to look for any infractions. And then as I mentioned in the last segment, uh, the third piece is we say, let's assume that you might have once wore a different hat. So maybe you're a, uh, a FINRA broker today, but 10 years ago you might have been a state um, a state-based um, insurance agent, or before that you were an SEC uh, fee-only advisor. And we check for all those various uh, divisional heads, basically, at different um, regulatory bodies. And as I mentioned, we found a lot of stories. And I'll just give you one example. We had one uh, advisor. He had stolen insurance premium in the state of Wisconsin, I think it was, um, this the commissioner, the state insurance commissioner of Wisconsin, wrote him a letter saying, uh, you know, you're here, hereby uh, basically uh, disbarred from being an insurance agent in our state forever, but moreover, we're going to report you to FINRA because we don't want you to ever show up as a different type of advisor. Lo and behold, when you look at the FINRA records, there's nothing there. So either the state did not indeed get that letter to FINRA or someone at FINRA did not post that information, but he now appears as a bona fide FINRA FINRA representative working at a a broker-dealer. So our job, as we see it, is, look, the consumer cannot be expected to do this kind of due diligence. But on the other hand, if you understand the background of these silos of regulatory bodies, you sort of need to. I mean, again, your example of Madoff and there's many others, you should have done a little bit of due diligence if you're the consumer, and we feel that we can just do it at a much bigger scale uh, with much better accuracy and just say, look, if you have infractions, you're not in our system, uh, we have nothing negative to say about you, but we are only allowing Advice IQ advisors to be those that really have passed 
um, every level of due diligence from these various regulatory bodies. Okay, so everything in your database is clean. For somebody who's looking for an advisor, let's go through the process that would be appropriate for them to use your database. Um, first of all, the the uh, impression a lot of individuals would have is advisors only want to deal with very rich people, that, that you need at least $100,000, if not more, to invest for them even to be interested in you. Do you break it out by people who are willing to take smaller accounts versus only larger accounts? And that seems to be the first cut. And then kind of where do you go from there in figuring out which advisor is appropriate for you in a particular situation? Yeah, hey, no, the answer is we, we do. And, and the way we go about that is um, – and, and, and anyone can walk through the website to sort of go through these examples. You go to our our site or, again, one of our partner sites that we syndicate to, and our first hope is you'll be um, – you'll notice and we'll grab you from one of our headline articles. So I'm looking at today's article that appeared at 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, How Pessimists Can Help You. And it's written by one of our um, advisors in our network, and most of our content stories are – uh, submitted by the actual advisors and then edited by our team uh, in-house. And the, the, the idea is you'll read the article. Every time there's an article, on the right side, there's an embedded list of ranked advisors that are relevant in some way to the content, with the idea being, and as Nick mentioned earlier, we're only up to about 80 cities in the country, so not every city will have a, a uh a list appearing next door. But for those 80 cities that we're in and live with advisors on, you would be able to click on any one of those advisors. So I'm searching right now in the New York area, and I'm finding an advisor here uh, who's ranked number one for this particular ranking. The rankings will change uh, by the various um, content articles. But to answer your question, if you click on the very first person appearing in this article, um, it gives you, and you can scroll down, you get a nice little... Um, think of it as a LinkedIn page with some nice differences, but it's basically a, a profile page of this advisor giving you a sense with you know his own script but also with some nice pie charts as to who are his clients, client demographics broken down by how much they invest, their occupation, their life stage. You know, is it, does this person focus on divorced men, divorced women, uh, middle income? And to your question you can look at the pie charts and see how much of this person's, as we call it, their book of business, meaning their, their client breakdown, how many of them are at whatever income strata you're focused on. So if you're reading this article and you say, hmm, this person has a lot of his business, and I'm clicking on someone here, that a lot of his business is more the, you know, you'd call it the upper, upper middle income. So not, rich, not quite rich, but not poor either. And you could do the same for every advisor. So when you're reading the article, you might say, hmm, let me look at the list of advisors that have some competence and relevance to the, the article subject that I'm reading. And you can click through their profiles, and within a couple of minutes, you'll quickly see a lot of useful and actionable information, including your question. You know, does this person cater to people who are not rich? They only have, let's say, $25,000 in the market, and that's my situation. Well, you, you'll see that in their profile page, and you can say, aha, here's someone who's local, who's relevant to services that I'm looking for and understands my own situation. They're not just catering on the ultra-high net worth, but rather they focus on people like me. Can you screen advisors, for example, for somebody who might take 50000 or less, or can you screen them for expertise in insurance or different kinds of ways so you can get the people that are most appropriate for you? 
Sure. And so, I can, this we, is Nick. You, you can, when you look at their profile, you can see very clearly, you know, um, what their account minimum is. And you can see how many clients they have of uh, various investable asset and income uh, brackets. And then you can decide from those advisors in your community, you know, which ones, you know, make sense, you know, for you. And again, one of the overarching uh, missions of Advice IQ is to uh, bash a couple of myths. And one of those myths is so many investors don't think that an advisor would want them. And, and actually the advisory world is very frustrated by that myth because they're, they want to grow and, and, and they, they want to serve people. And so, what is the reality? Is, how, how low will a lot of these advisors go? Oh, there are advisors that do flat uh, financial planning work. There's actually a great one called uh, the Garrett Planning Network. It's, 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 it's got pretty good recognition. They do a lot of, of, of flat uh, planning, uh, so it doesn't matter how much money you have. Uh, there are even uh, there's a foundation actually we support that that who has a whole uh, cadre of advisors that gives out free financial planning, so um, it goes all the way down the the income uh, spectrum. So uh, the in fact <clears throat> a funny uh, story I was having a, a breakfast with the CEO of a pretty old uh, advisory firm brokerage firm uh, based in the Midwest with several hundred advisors. I think the firm is a good 60 years old. And I was making this point that, you know, people with even $200,000 think that they're not rich enough for an, an advisor. And he, he said, you know, I know. And he said, but that's, that's our bread and butter. I mean, that's the ideal client for us. That, that's our market. So, you know, uh, for us, we're out to educate the recent college grad in his first three years of working that there is an advisor in your town that will help you with your 401k asset allocation. But nobody's talking about that, but we are. We're out to educate the, the, the folks that have a number of children and need just some simple planning uh, and, and some uh, help with their will and, 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 and family issues like that for one flat annual fee and not asset management. So, the, so it's the, a lot of it. It's not only investing. It's also budgeting and... Oh, uh, insurance and estate planning and other oh. kinds of things. Well, in fact, there there are some very interesting uh, articles that we're going to be writing to to help educate in, investors from the ground floor. And, and and the basic theme is there's one of two things you need as an investor or as a as a consumer. You either need someone to look at a little bit of everything in your life or you need someone to manage your money. Those are two easy ways to look at yourself. Now, it does get complicated because there are, there are advisors that do both, but there are clearly many investors out there who only want and need their portfolio managed, you know, folks with a half a million, a million, three million in the market. On the other side of the spectrum, there are a large number of people that that's the last thing they need. They need a planner or a wealth manager, someone to look at their situation and across the table say, what do you think your problem is? And have the husband and wife say, I, we think our problem is this. And after a half an hour, they'll say, well, yeah, those two things you talked about are problems, but you, one thing you didn't mention is that. And, and almost every time we, we interview an advisor or a consumer for that matter, we find out that the advisor educates the investor on something. In fact, there was a very interesting article in the New York Times a number of months ago 
a well-known journalist went and sat in on the Tiger 21 club of these uber wealthy folks, and he expected, uh, and this is a group of investors, they meet every month and they talk about pure investments and, and things of that sort, or so he thought. He went there. They proceeded to ask him questions about his life, and he was doing this research. This is like, I think you have to have like 10 million bucks in cash to get into this club, and you've got to pay to be into it, etc. In any case, they dove into not his investments, not his portfolio, not his asset allocation. They dove into his disability insurance. And, and he wrote an article about this and said, oh, my God, I thought that they were going to hammer me about the stock I had or the ETF I had or whatever. They didn't. They talked about things that are more wealth management. Because for him and his family, that was the most important thing. That's the other bias that investors have. They don't know what they don't know, but you need to talk to someone, we think, in order to get that out. And so that's why Advice IQ is kind of is local, local people, and of all shapes and sizes, rich, poor, in, in the middle, because everybody needs help. And, and so that's, so there's a, there's a number of myths, but you're, you're right in that. Uh, it's all the way down the down to the I don't have any money to invest, but you have a lot of planning problems. And maybe you're divorced with two kids in college and you have no disposable cash, but you have you have issues and you need help with that. And as a planner who who focuses on divorcees in your town who may have thirty clients just like you, maybe people you know. And so that's the kind of that's the kind of solution that advice IQ is. It's really to get people to get professional help. As long as these folks have passed the due diligence and, and, and uh, we, we feel they can be trusted and, and, um, and they're local, we, uh, we, we think we're going to do a lot of good. Good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guests this hour are Nicholas Steller and Gary Lieberman, both co-founders of Advice IQ. Uh, the website to find out more about this, to find a free referral to an advisor, is AdviceIQ.com. We'll be back after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. PM Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guests this hour are Nicholas Steller and Gary Lieberman, both co-founders of AdviceIQ.com. Welcome back to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. I want to get a little bit more into picking advisors. Now, there are certain areas of specialty uh, that people may have particular financial issues with. And I want to see if those kind of people would be in your database and how to find them. One would be uh, college funding, both when the kids are earlier and when you get nearer to college and have to do the FAFSA form and apply for scholarships and funding and all that. Is that an area of specialty within your database? It sure is, yes. So what are some things people should look for if that's the big issue that they've got? Well, the first thing that they should, the very first thing is we believe you should always find an advisor that's relatively close uh, to you. And, and that is the way, by the way, investors have hired advisors, word of mouth, referral, and locality. But people don't think about it, um, uh, why that is. It's, it's more of a human behavior issue, but also, especially in these days, you want to go to the advisor's office, you want to look them in the eye, you want to ask them lots of questions, and you want to be there. So locality is very important regardless of the specialty. When it comes to college funding, you want to find out how many clients this advisor uh, has been providing college funding services for. Uh, how long has this advisor been providing college funding uh, services? And so you want them to, to kind of wax poetic about why they're competent, why they're experienced, why they like college funding as a, a, a uh, an area of expertise. So, Is it appropriate to ask for names of clients they've worked for and actually to speak to those clients? Uh, it, it, it is um, to, uh, appropriate to ask for uh, references, absolutely. Okay, another area is elder care and um, qualifying for uh, Medicaid and long-term care insurance and uh, parents being reliant on their kids. The whole elder care area is going to be a growing area as people age and live longer. Are there people who specialize in that, and how would you find them? Yes, and it's the elder care issues are actually a core a component of financial planning, and there are many financial planners and CFPs in our, in our database and, and uh, almost always advisors who are in the system and have passed our due diligence, of course, uh, uh, share the, their designations uh, 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 into the system. So it, the advisor, when they complete their profile, uh, readily uh, uh, state that they specialize in elder care. And really the same question should be asked. You know, how long have you been doing it? What are your qualifications? Uh, why do you like performing, you know, uh, uh, elder care services? How do, you, how do you stay on top of elder care issues? What is your personal continuing education plan? You know, are you part of a, 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 a regulated uh, a trade group uh, like a CFP uh, or other organizations where there are CE credits uh, required and, uh, and, and uh, peer review, et cetera? So those are some of the questions they should be, should be asking. And, again, an advisor should be able to wax poetic for many minutes about why they, they chose this area of specialty, how long they've been doing it, the types of clients they have, and, and that will give the investor um, a lot of information to, to weigh and to compare to other folks. 
Another area is small business. In many cases, people's personal finances and their small business are completely almost inseparable. They're really tied together as far as advising them on all kinds of small business issues. Is that an area that's in your database? Yeah, it certainly is, and, and it's a very common, in looking at all the data we have from advisors who have subscribed, uh, a very large number of our advisors have small uh, uh, business clients that are either a CEO or, or a partner in an LLC or et cetera. So uh, it's, it's really uh, uh, quite an important uh, uh, line of, of care, and as you said, the finances are often intertwined, and, and then the issues get even more uh, specific and more complicated. For example, when you inherit uh, a, a small business, uh, we have advisors in the system now that that's pretty much their entire focus is small business. And intergenerational transfer of the business is very complicated, and there's tax issues, and there's uh, business valuation issues. So very, very much that, that is a core data point in the system. And um, the, the, the common questions about how long you have been doing it, how many clients, what types of businesses, that's very important to ask. If you have a, a specialized, even a slightly specialized business, it is, it is much preferable to have an advisor that has other clients like you. If you're, for example, in the building trades, there are special issues. There's union issues often depending on the, on the, the, the geography. If you're in, in a medical business, obviously, insurance issues. So there, each business, uh, um, or I should say many businesses, have peculiarities that will, um, will drive the need for a different kind of advisor to, to help you. Just understanding, you know, healthcare costs in a certain kind of industry are very, very significant. Another one would be real estate and uh, buying and selling real estate, second homes, uh, mortgage loans, all of that. Are there people that specialize in that? There are, and what's interesting, too, is we did some research on our own data. There's actually quite a large number of advisors throughout the entire industry that themselves invest in real estate. It's actually an upcoming white paper that we're doing, and it's just an interesting factoid. So, however, that said, it is very much a specialty, and understanding what kind of real estate. Is it publicly traded real estate vehicles, or is it actual, literal, physical real estate you are suggesting for you know your, your, your client. So asking how they allocate uh, real estate into a portfolio and, and why they do that uh, is, is very important for the for the consumer to ask. Jordan, one very fun feature that we have in Advice IQ, and I did it as you asked your last two questions. You can search on the front page for the articles. Uh, I did a search for real estate, and I did a, a, a search for small business, and you get incredibly insightful and fun to read and actionable articles from our advisors about, you know, I'm seeing a bunch of topics here on real estate, uh, real estate in your RIA, uh, real estate returns, um, et cetera, uh, ditto for the, um, the small business um, search. And by reading that, you can get a sense of some of our advisors, what their own insights are. And again, when you click on those articles, the accompanying uh, list of, of advisors will, will pop up, and those are advisors that are local in your market, and you can do the same thing that Nick said. You can go and click on their profile, and for all those that have any specialty that interests you, you say, aha, I read an interesting article, and here's an advisor that understands that market, understands me. I can call them. I can go to their website. I can send them an email. I can start a dialogue with them. In about a minute or so we have left, there's about 50 million 
people who do not have financial advisors who normally would be getting financial advisors, why should they come to a place like Advice IQ and uh, hook up with an advisor to get, get the advice they need? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Well, first of all, Advice IQ is an independent, journalistic, uh, objective uh, site. So we have all kinds of advisors, and, not, and so large and small, different types of compensation, different types of regulated advisors. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, and probably the most important, is every advisor in Advice IQ, whether they have contributed articles or they're just simply in a ranking in your town, have passed our regulatory due diligence. So, and, that, and again, that means they haven't even had one complaint in their entire career. So across all the four major regulators, so they can feel very confident that they're not unwittingly hiring someone who's had a long history of complaints or fines or, or, or censures. So um, that's the second reason why Advice IQ is a great place to uh, learn about advisors. And then third, they're all local. The, one, the advisors you see in the rankings and listings are within 50 miles of, of your home. So that's, uh, that's really uh, very actionable you know, for the consumer. Very good. My guests during this hour of the Money Answer Show have been Nicholas Steller, a co-founder, and Gary Lieberman, also the co-founder of Advice IQ. Uh, you can go to take a look at yourself, AdviceIQ.com, to find a financial advisor. No cost to you, the consumer, uh, to get a, a good idea of the kind of advice you need, whatever your financial problem may be. Thank you so much for being an, a guest on the Money Answer Show, both Gary and Nicholas. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.